and welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. (laughs) It is Tuesday, March 26th, and today we are on John 12th. Uh, it's the three amigos again today. Jerry is not joining us today. It was awesome having her on as a guest last week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed that. We hope that you're able to help her out if you can. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, Daniel, Michael, and myself again here today. Glad to be back. Um, yeah. And as I said, we're on John 12. Do you guys want to get into anything, any setup or anything like that before we hmm. get into the chapter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this is triumphal entry for us part two because we did that already <laughs> yes. in Luke. Uh, yeah. But uh, this is really... Um, what we're getting ready to jump into, uh, John is going to give us, um, basically from chapter 13 all the way to 17, he's going to give us basically this uh, conversation that Jesus has with his disciples uh, while they're having their last supper. And so this is kind of the end of the story leading up to the last week of, of Jesus's life. So John is not really doing the whole chronological thing that we see in Luke and Mark and Matthew. He's really kind of jumped ahead to this is kind of, you know, even though this is you know, you see this later on in the other Gospels. This is right really in the middle mm-hmm. of John because John spends so much time uh, with that last conversation with his disciples. Something that really struck me pretty pretty heavy was um, in the last chapter how um, Jesus weeps. And I know we always make the joke, the shortest verse of the Bible and stuff. Yeah. And, but like just how impactful that is about Jesus's humanity, you mm-hmm. know, how he has emotion, how he feels uh, pain and, and, and not just physical pain as we'll see but you know emotional pain and so I, when I read that and I, and I start looking at then into this chapter I've been thinking about how Jesus feels you know as we see these things that happen to him you know mm. um, imagining like with his triumphal triumphant entry you know like how people most people still didn't get what was really going on and like I wonder if Jesus felt misunderstood I wonder if Jesus felt frustration, you know? So I, I guess that's that's the kind of things that I've been thinking about going into this chapter. Hmm. All right. Do you guys have anything else? Or is- I think the other thing that's really interesting that we get in this chapter, too, is that um, they get the that uh, what it meant for Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead. It wasn't only just he was raising his friend. His, it was a very emotional time. It basically put the nail in the coffin. Uh, for him, uh, for the the religious leaders to not only want to kill him, but also kill Lazarus because they were just uh, completely terrified of of what uh, Jesus represented, um, not only for their own power and jealousy, but also because they really uh, thought that uh, what Jesus was going to do was going to send Rome down on top of them and that that was going to like destroy the nation of Israel. And so there's a lot of tension going on here, a lot of back and forth uh, stuff happening between Jesus and the Pharisees. So uh, just to take note of that in this chapter too. Okay. All right, guys. Well, this is John 12 from the Dwell app. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, 
Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial, for the poor you always have with you. But you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel! And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. 
the crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him so that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things, because he saw his glory, and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words, and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority. But the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. And that's John 12. Anything stand out to you guys that you want to get into right away? Um, to me, one thing that stood out to me is near the end, uh, verse 49. For I have spoken not on my own authority, but the Father who sent me uh, has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. 
What do you think the difference is there between what to say and what to speak? Because to most people, you would think that's the same thing, right? But he's making a difference. (laughs) Man, that's, man. All right, what verse is this, Brent? (laughs) 49. Sorry. <laughs> Goodness. Like, you throw that one out there and you're like, okay, guys, have fun. <laughs> I was, that's I just, there, there's obviously a difference. And, and it might be a translation thing. It might be something mm-hmm. in a different, you know, this is ESV. I wonder what it says in like NLT or something like that. I'll, go, I'll look that up right now. Or I'll look it up. Um, the Father who has sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. It says in NLT. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There's there's the importance of difference in translations for you guys. Well, and that's a, you make a good point too. Is that uh, sometimes it's good if you run across something confusing to get a different translation to get something that might give you a little bit more clarity, um, or even um, I know Michael's got a study Bible and that can really help <laughs> as well. Uh, Another so. thing you do is you can just Google it. Yeah. You can. Uh, I'll I'll just <laughs> type in. I mean, for real. I mean, like I'll type in on Google. Um, something like you know the, the actual verse and word Greek, you know uh, of course if it's in Greek and if you know a lot of it's in Hebrew and Old Testament, but you know I'll type that stuff in to kind of see all right what were the actual Greek words and then you can some of these links you can click on the word and see the different definitions of that word and that's really interesting when you do that because you'll find that there are words that they could be debatable about what translation we in, in English you know that, that we have yeah. You're like, why did these translators use this word when there are 15 other words they could have used? Yeah. So that's that's an interesting thing to do sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool uh, for listeners because one of the reasons we do this podcast is to help people who are newer to faith understand what it is that they're reading and go deeper with it for them to grow a little bit more. And I think that right there, just that that's a great way f- yeah. for them to... Um, not just have to listen to us to explain things to them, but they it's a tool that they can use now going forward that they can figure out something that was confusing to them, a way to figure out what it means and why. And now, I, now I'm curious why the ESV authors chose to say that, what to say and what to speak, because that does seem really confusing. Yeah. Uh, the ESV is, is one of the more like literal translations, whereas like NLT kind of falls in the middle. It will take a little yeah. bit of a literal but it'll also kind of say okay this is really what the author was trying to say whereas like esv will go more towards the literal word for word kind of translation and so that's where there can be some difference between uh and then uh like the message is something that's very paraphrased you know and so you have like different spectrums between literal and paraphrase Mm -hmm. as far as the uh uh the the bible goes and a lot of times you can just you can find that as far as like you can search to see where where it falls kind of in the spectrum but also uh, find a translation also that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Uh, I'm I myself I prefer the NLT. Um, that was the first time for me when I read the Bible in its entirety. I read it in the NLT and I just fell in love with the translation. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I prefer. But I know here at Elevation we usually use the ESV. We use a little bit of the NLT. Well, it's kind of a mixture of both, but we definitely use both. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Daniel were talking about this earlier um, about how with these translations and how things work about like the message. How there are there are word plays in different parts of the Bible that we don't have those play on words in English. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's interesting with with the message is that that paraphrase translation, whatever you want to call it, what what they tend to do there is add some word play in in English when there isn't actual word play in Greek or Hebrew. But yet, you know, doing that, you kind of get the the feel for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's some interesting things that happen in these different translations. Mm-hmm. So get one, get one you like. 
you know that get, I get think, you some. I think I think the important thing is to I think the important thing is to read the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. look yeah. if 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 you if you love the poetic kind of feel of the King James version, we'll dig into it and read the King James version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 if 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 the message is something that helps you like understand things and bring it to life, you know, then read lots of it. Just kind of get into it and understand these stories. You know. Yeah. I like to think of the King James Version as like the Shakespearean version yeah. of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You really have to pay attention and you really have to, at least I really have to back up a lot and go, okay, wait a minute, what? Yeah. It's almost like Yoda speak. Like they're saying things backwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, huh? Oh, okay. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Ending every word in almost E-T-H, right? Yeah. yeah. And when you when you study Greek at all, which I'm not a Greek scholar for crying out loud, I know little, to, I know nothing, right? But what I do know is that it does have the Yoda speak thing when you read things in Greek. All their stuff is their sentence structures backwards, so you're like, "Oh snap! What are they trying to do here?" Yep. You know. <laughs> well, I think another thing that stuck out to me uh, in this chapter um, is really the interaction that you have with Mary. Um, I think that's uh, uh, yeah. that is to me, uh, I think, really awesome. Uh, especially you have Judas, and Judas is obviously uh, spoiler alert: he's going to betray Jesus. Uh, in case you Thanks, didn't know Daniel. that, I know exactly, exactly. Uh, but just the way that she, this is a, this is an interesting story. So it's, it's a, it's a year's worth of wages that she is just kind of anointing Jesus with. Um, this is also a gift that you would as a, as a, as a future, uh, I guess as, as a future bride, this is a gift that you would save for your husband. Like this is something that is, um, really important to right. to her not only because it's expensive but this is something that is would be a gift that you would give to your husband as like this is i'm yours this is this is this is a way this is a sign of that and so mary is breaking this over jesus feet which i think is really cool because she is she is putting that worth of of uh that status that she would have for like her husband for somebody that's going to be ultimately her savior um, and, uh, and also that Jesus kind of responds in a way that he realizes that, Hey, this is, she's preparing me for my death. She's preparing me for my burial. Um, and she's honoring him in that way. And, and I think that there's, um, something to just, I don't know. I think it's really, it's an amazing scene, you know, and there's actually, um, there's a song written about it, uh, by a Wren collective called Alabaster Jar. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool song and it really touches my heart in that one. And so, uh, if you want to look that up, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of like personal reference or something that you could worship to while you're reading, yeah, or I might put it on the end of this podcast today. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's uh, I just I love that scene, um, and it it really just for me it represents so much about sacrificing for and honoring Jesus with our best. Isn't it interesting how hindsight works? Mm. Complete honesty here, okay? If I'm there, I'm on Team Judas. Not because I want to portray <laughs> Jesus, Brent. No, but no, because like if I'm looking at this, I was just looking today. at him smiling. I don't know why. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but because like, dude, she just she just takes like a ton of of money and just uh, f- from like our perspective, wastes it. Yeah, like that's I'd be like, yeah, stop it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I, I I do think it's also interesting. Michael, stop crying over spilled nard, man. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that new was phrase of the day. <laughs> we need to we need to to print that up and put it on our wall now. It's one of our inspirational Don't cry posters. Over spilled nard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think something important here is we we see that um, that that she gets it. 
Mm. Yeah. And that's something that I think that a lot of us, we, a lot of us don't get it. Us, meaning at this time, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, since I put myself in the situation, if I was one of the disciples, I probably wouldn't get it either. I'm probably expecting this King Messiah, awesome guy to come rule the world. And then she's preparing guy for a funeral. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I'd be one of those guys that didn't get it too. But it's interesting that she gets it. Yeah. I think it's interesting that she gets it. And I wonder too if it was God's intention for moments like that to happen for us 2,000 years later sure. to have that point for us to get it. You know what I mean? Mm. To really drive it home because the disciples didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So I just find those things interesting. And I think it's cool too that. Um, we uh, a couple of podcasts ago we talk about um, Judas and about yeah. his um, his salvation. Was he really a believer? Was he not? Where was his heart at? And I think in this this section here, it kind of shows you where his heart was. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more than even what we discussed uh, in uh, four. It says, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was uh, who was about to betray him, said, "Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor?" He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the yeah. money bag, he used that to help himself to whatever was put in it. Yeah, thanks so, for bringing that up, Brent, because I read that, and I'm the one that was like, oh, I kind of feel bad for Judas and stuff. And I read that, too, and I'm like, oh, crud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another funny thing is I was reading this chapter with my son, and uh, he was making one of those pictures uh, on the Bible, uh, the the version app, you know, where you can pick a picture and put a verse on there, and he put that Make verse on wallpaper there. wallpaper or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It was like a cross. It was like Judas, you know, was really a thief, and all he wanted <laughs> to steal all the money or the money bag. And I'm like, all right. Judah How great, inspirational. Great pick. <laughs> We're going to post that one on Facebook. Um, but I, I also think the interesting thing to me here is like this conversation that the Greeks have. Uh, it's just a weird kind of story that's uh, that's in here because they say, hey, we want to see Jesus. And then there's this kind of baton passing back and forth between Philip to Andrew. And then Andrew and Philip decide to go tell Jesus. And it's like Jesus doesn't even like, what? Like it was almost like he like... The response didn't fit the question, you know what I mean? And, but I think what is, what's amazing here is that Jesus is like, everything about here is talking about Jesus's death. Mm-hmm. You know, you have his burial coming up, you know, you have the triumphal entry kind of coming up where, you know, that he's coming into this Jerusalem where this is going to be the last time. Like he knows that he's going into Jerusalem to die. You have these Greeks coming here and say, Hey, I want to see Jesus. And Jesus tells them a story. It's like, Hey, unless, you know, a seed dies, you know, it doesn't produce fruit, you know, and so and then he talks about the son of man being lifted up and then, you know, and so there's there's so much to him. And I, and I can imagine that because even he says this in the next verse or uh, the next section of verses where his soul is troubled. And I feel like this is there's it's heavy. This is weighing on Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. This death, uh, his his death and what's coming before him is weighing on him heavily. And then you see that also in the Garden of Gethsemane later on, like where he begins to sweat blood. Mm-hmm. And and so. Um, I guess there's a lot of like there's got to be a lot of tension, which is going to be weird. I think for the disciples, I'm sure they're picking up on this. I'm sure they're picking up on one of the the weird things that Jesus is saying because they're expecting the Messiah to come in and be like you know King Jesus that's going to like go slaughter the Romans and usher in the golden age of Israel. And Jesus is like really somber and almost like kind of emo a little bit and just like <laughs> you know uh, really uh, sorry that's, <laughs> last time he was spicy Jesus yeah, right? I was thinking uh, what did I say last spicy. week. Scary Jesus, scary Jesus, yeah. spice girl, yeah. Yeah. scary Jesus. Now we got emo <laughs> Jesus. Just a mix and adjective. Jesus it's is getting spicy in this chapter. Spicy, but um, 
No, you have this kind of like he's kind of somber and a little bit just kind of building up to this. And that's the way really heavy on him because he knows what's coming up. Um, and so but I think what he's telling us here is just it's a picture of what we have kind of coming up with our life. Uh, if anybody wants to, you know, if they want to gain their life, they have to lose it. If, you know, if they want to produce a great harvest, if they want to produce fruit, there's a part of us that has to die. Maybe not literally die, may literally die, but there's a part of us that has to die in order to produce this fruit that comes mm-hmm. from the kingdom of God. And and so, and I think that that's, um, that's not really popular when it comes to like North American Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, the whole dying uh, to gain, you know, uh, eternal things. It's almost like the, it's like a version of saving, which we don't really do well anyways. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's, it is kind of one of those things that, I think that I just kind of see this kind of cloud hanging over Jesus as he's, you know, as he's in this moment where people are celebrating him and we're throwing palm branches down and it's the height of his popularity because he literally just raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and so there's so much going on right now. And it's just, I don't know, it's probably going to be so confusing for some of the people that are closest to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it shows too, um, in, in a little bit before you were talking about him knowing that this is coming, the stress he's under, knowing that in a few days this is what's going to happen to him. I mean, when I have some stressful event coming up, I know that I start getting short with people. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, he's so patient, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. with his disciples, they're not getting it, and they're doing all these different things, and he's just so calm and so patient with people. Like that, what an example. Because I know, you know, if I have like a, a stressful, like a performance that's a big deal coming up sometime soon, like the day of, I'm just like, I, guys, look, I can't, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I got to I gotta focus. Like, And he's just, here this comes, and he's like, yeah. But, but then at the, at, at the end of the day, patient though, and kind and what, what he does is he's patient with them, mm-hmm. but even Jesus finally has his limit. And so I want to point out the humanity of Jesus that yeah. it's like that it's it's okay for us to to have reactions. Like I said last chapter we see that he wept. And we see how important this is when Mary pours the 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 perfume at his feet. Like we we remember I said at the beginning of this podcast like picture Jesus and his emotion, mm-hmm. you know. And then when you get down here to uh verse 36ish. Yeah, 36. 37, something like that. When Jesus said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, he was patient and, and, and with people. But finally, Jesus has to has to, to go away. Because, and, and though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. And, and we, you know, we see that you know, how he basically... Um, you know, in Isaiah, I said he'd be alone in those, not alone, but I, mean, I might as well just read it so I don't mess it all up. Uh, Lord, who has believed what is what he heard from us, and to whom uh, has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Um, and, and down farther, he's blinded their eyes, hardened their hearts. So we get the idea that, that they're not going to get it. Yeah. So, like, the point I'm making is even Jesus had to step away from it for a minute. And that's okay for us to do that. Be nice with people, mm-hmm. be loving, be kind, be patient. But sometimes at the end of the day, take your space if you need it. Mm-hmm. Jesus did, and that's okay. And and you can imagine how disheartened Jesus must have been. He must have been super stressed out right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's been walking with these guys for years. They're not quite understanding the the, the stuff. And then and when the, when the one girl that does understand it, you know, then the people are calling like I would have been are calling her out for it. 
And, and now he's seeing, when we talked about how the Greeks are starting to get it, that could have been painful for Jesus too. Because it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> These people understand it, but my people don't? Right. Like, mm-hmm. what is wrong with you guys? Yeah. You know, but, but he doesn't really lash out uh, on his disciples. Of course, he lashes out against the Pharisees. Yeah. But of course, they're, they're going nuts. trying to. They're not just trying to kill Jesus. They're wanting to kill Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Could you, I'm, maybe I'm all over the place, but could you imagine that? They are so... They, they, the, the Pharisees are seeing this. It's this stuff is happening. It's unveiling, it's unveiling right in front of their eyes. And, and they are making a decision mm-hmm. against Jesus. Like, we are seeing that you're doing miracles. Mm-hmm. We are seeing that you're of God. But we are so biased towards our own tradition mm-hmm. that we want to kill you. Oh, and you raised a guy from the dead? Uh, let's kill him, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much swings going on here. Because you know that, like, within a week... All these people that are like praising him and and like laying down palm branches are going to yell crucify yeah. him. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like there yeah. is a lot of stuff happening here, and I think that we just kind of skip over all of this tension in the air. Uh, you know, it talks about in other translations that uh, that the Jews were looking out for to see where he was coming in, or the the different versions of the gospel. We'll talk about how like there were like the Pharisees and the religious leaders were kind of hunting around to see if he was going to. And there's always these murmurs in the crowd, like is Jesus going to be coming? Different things like that. And so it's just it, it's really interesting to me. It's very interesting to me that all of this is kind of transpiring, and Jesus is really at the center of it all. And he is he's so controversial. And I think we don't always see that. We don't always see the Jesus controversial. We see him always controversial with the Pharisees. Yeah. And I think we lump the Pharisees into this just kind of like, yeah, these people are terrible at life kind of section. But there's just a lot of tension that's going on here. And I think that there is something to that when Jesus, uh, what he came to do and what he stands for, I think always brings tension. Mm-hmm. Because we find that even in our own society, that uh, the things that Jesus stood for, the things that he is so opposite to the world. It's so opposite to the pursuit of pleasure, to the pursuit of power, to the pursuit of money, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so countercultural to die to gain. You know, that just doesn't, you don't see that on like a, you know, on a motivational poster. You know, that just doesn't, you don't <laughs> see that at all. Speaking of more motivational posters mm-hmm. for us to stick on our wall, it's going to be, it's going to be great here. Dynamite. Uh, Crowded. Know. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so anyway, so I just think that that's, uh, he is bringing that kind of, he knows that he's bringing conflict. He knows that he's bringing uh, this kind of tension in the air. And I, I don't know, we just, we don't always see that when we're just kind of reading through and kind of passing through because, we 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 kind of look back and we kind of hindsight it. We already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We already know everything that's going to transpire right. past this easy chapter. To gloss over stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of easier to do that. Um, and so I think that uh, it's it's amazing to me that even like you made a great point, Brent. That even in the tension, that he was still able to be patient with people, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, is is really telling to me. Is really telling to the character and nature of Jesus, um, and that he knew what he was supposed to do. Without a shadow of doubt, like he knew his connection with the Father, oh, and I, I have a, I do have a kind of piggyback question on that about the commandment that that the Father gave him. Was the commandment of how to like what to say and how to speak, or was the commandment the one that he gives us in the second chapter or the chapter right after this? Sorry, um, about love others the way that I've loved you. This is the way you'll know my disciple because he gives us that that commandment here in John thirteen uh, mm-hmm. thirty four through thirty five. So I don't know. What did you guys think? Do you guys think it's more specific that this is something that God assigned Jesus to, or he was alluding more towards the commandment in the next chapter? Well, con- I, contextually. I think it's both. Yeah. I think okay. it might be both. Yeah. Because I, he's told him to come and bring that to the world, but he's he's also shown him 
how he needs to bring that to the world. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think you that's know. about, I was about to say the same thing. Contextually, we're talking about how Jesus came to save the world. Yeah. So it, it does seem to be kind of a, a both and instead of either or kind of thing. Cool. Uh, with the Lazarus thing real quick, you talk about them wanting to kill Lazarus. I mean, you know, this comes from, I guess, seeing too many movies or whatever, but you think about if you're wanting to, to take away the credibility of someone and you're planning to kill them, you're going to take away proof of their biggest, most powerful thing that they've ever done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it makes total sense that you'd want to wipe you wanna out get, Lazarus because mm-hmm. he'd only been really been alive for just a short time again. So then if you kill him, you can just say, nope, never brought back to life kind of thing, you know? Poor Lazarus, man. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Dude dies twice. That's rough. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what's really interesting, he though? brought me back to life for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's interesting because there's other times that Jesus raises people from the dead. Like there's the son that they have the funeral for that kind of pops out of the casket, you know, and I was just, you know, like a, like a Halloween kind of like a, like haunted mansion kind of thing. Like I'm alive, but um, sorry, I had I had I know I, I had alluded to this earlier that I had some AJ's pizza and it made me really snarky. And so anyway, so that's what's happening today. But uh, I had AJ's pizza and it made me so wise. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Apparently, I got the wrong toppings. Or Wisdom and humor brought to you today by AJ's Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, product placement. Uh, so, anyways, um, so uh, so there's uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> got to pay the bills. Okay, so there is uh, there's other times where Jesus raises people from the dead, right? Why is this different? Why is Lazarus such a big deal? And I think what's really interesting is that is because in knowing a little bit about Jewish tradition is that the Jewish people believe that for the first three days that if somebody was dead, their spirit hovered over the body. Mm-hmm. And so that that was a chance for them to come back up to life. And so that was kind of thing. And so a lot of the times Jesus is raising people from the dead that are just newly yeah. dead. And Jesus intentionally, if you l- read the last chapter, he waits. He waits until it's day four to go back and raise Lazarus. And this is like bombshell that mm-hmm. went off. Like he really literally just raised someone that was... Not like it's kind of like Princess Bride where it's like, he's mostly dead. No, the, he was like all dead. You know, this was. And so uh, so that's uh, one of those things that is, I think is it's bringing so much more controversy to yeah. the table is that, man, this guy, he performed the ultimate miracle in the eyes of the Jewish people was he brought somebody that was dead, dead. You know, it's not shopping, shopping, it's shopping. And he brought somebody <laughs> that was dead, dead. Back to life. Yeah, because you can explain it away if it's within the first three days, if that's what they're Yeah, they can say, well, okay, believe. the spirit came back. And, the, yeah, and that's kind of He just happened things. to be in the room and they. Yeah, you know. he was like, hey, spirit, come back to the body. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, that, but that's something that, like, you, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't normally stick out to you when you see that. But I think that's why there's oh, so much tension going on, is because that Jesus was doing, you know, this ultimate kind of miracle, this kind of knockout punch to the Pharisees. And they're just kind of at at wit's end of what to do with this whole Jesus thing. Yeah. So why, you know, pardon me if I'm dense on this, but um, I've heard it said before that um, there's in scripture, it talks about the disciple that Jesus loved the most. Some people fight about the fact that that was Lazarus. Why? I mean, except this for is, just when they're why. together like this, I've never really heard anything about the relationship before. So I've always wondered why. And this is why, I mean, we see that, just how much Jesus loved Lazarus. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we, we see Jesus crying for him. Now, I understand that there are more things going on, but I'm saying people that would hold this opinion, that that would be part of their proof. Like, you know, Jesus 
he, he wept over Lazarus, you know, and I mean, and obviously they were friends and that, and you know, they're, you know, they're the family members and all this stuff, you know, that he and Lazarus were probably very close. So, and, and like most people think that the disciple who Jesus loved was John. Mm-hmm. I could, I could also understand the thought of when you read some of John's work, you think that he's more humble than to call himself the disciple who Jesus loved. Because, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> if you continually refer to yourself as the, type, the disciple who Jesus loved, you know, that's kind of egotistical of you. Yeah. And then people are like, no, 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 Michael, that's not what it is, <laughs> is that he just felt so loved and it's so personal. And, and, and I get it, but, that, but that's why some people, you know, believe that. I have some friends that, that believe that, and, and I, I'm not... I'm not on that team, but I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe I, I get to be a bit traditionalist. I'm like, no, John was the disciple who Jesus loved. And that's the end of the story, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, we have about five minutes. Is there any other topic in the chapter today that you'd like to get to before we finish up? Well, I get, I guess, a, a kind of a closing kind of thought, uh, is that the, is that the close of this chapter, you know, how Jesus came to, to save the world <laughs> and uh i, I just I, I i picture maybe i'm dark but i i just imagine if this was me in the situation you know when i'm when i'm praying in the garden of gethsemane i'm i'm like you know god you want to do like noah noah 2.0 you know <laughs> maybe instead of saving the world let's just go ahead and destroy it like these guys aren't following me these guys suck really bad so like <laughs> let's just destroy it again you yeah. know but but jesus here says that he didn't you know he didn't come to condemn he, he came to to save yeah and um, I think this really is awesome that we see who God actually is. Mm-hmm. We see that he is the hero in the story. He, he is amazing, and he's awesome, and he does come to save the world. And that's, that's the Savior that we have. And that, that's the, so I guess uh, one thing that we're, we're looking at here at our church is really getting our minds focused into worship. Mm-hmm. I don't just mean singing songs, which that, that's obviously part of it. But having a life of worship, you know, honoring God. And if you have a lowly view of who God is, it's very hard to worship him. I, mm-hmm. I think what happens, and there was even a song that we sang recently that talked about, like, forgive me for just singing another song. I forget mm-hmm. what song that was. But yeah, it was Nothing Else by Cody Carnes. Yeah. But that's what we do. Yeah. If, if we don't have a good picture of who God is, then we just sing another song. Mm-hmm. But But... Things like this, seeing that Jesus came to save the world and seeing who God is and how wonderful God is and how he loves all of us, not just not just Daniel, <laughs> right? He loves all of us. He loves Daniel's one of his favorites, okay? <laughs> Truth. But so are you, listener. You know, you're one of God's favorites too. And the, and the, yeah. <laughs> but the point is God, you know, God is awesome and he loves yeah. us and he's worthy of our worship, not just in song, mm-hmm. but he's worthy of our worship and how we live our lives. Yeah. So I guess that'd be my challenge to, to us, you know, this week, to me included. You know, is is let's live uh, like Jesus came to save the world. Let's let's live and let's worship God because of who He really is and who He showed us to be in this gospel. Yeah, and uh, if you're listening to this, if you do come to church here, if you want to watch us on our live stream, we are going to be spending the next couple of weeks talking about uh, worship on Sunday mornings. Uh, uh, so if you want to learn a little bit more about that, uh, we'll be addressing that. So I know that that's something I am the worship leader here at the church. And I've learned so much about worship, you know, mm-hmm. since I came in and, and was called to this position. So, um, and I live it every day. 
and there's still some things I'm trying to understand. So I know that there are a lot of people out there that they hear you say worship, they think about the music genre or whatever. Um, it's so much more than that. Absolutely. So if you want to find out what it is, yeah, tune and be in praying, be in. praying about that. Um, that's something that that's been on a lot of our minds here with staff and and, and elders and and folks, you know decision makers and stuff that that word i think the holy spirit is really placing that word on our hearts right now mm-hmm. yep um and so so be praying pray, i know it sounds weird to say pray on that word but pray on that word mm-hmm. think about what worship means to you think about worship means to god and, and and how your relationship with god can be improved through worship how our work in the community can be improved through worship and what is what is worship mm-hmm. you know let's let's really get into to worship and figure that thing out yeah All right, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap up. I'll pray us out. Um, Heavenly Father, as always, I just thank you for this time together with my brothers that we can um, dig into your word, that we can openly discuss your word and get into the intricacies of of what it is that you're saying to us. Um, And, of course, always focus on the overall message as well, just of who Jesus was, um, why he came here for us, his love for us, the love that you have for us and the forgiveness that we are given through what he did for us, God, so that we can be reconciled and be with you forever. Um, I just, I just thank you. I thank you for God, for Jesus. I thank you for the fact that he did come here and that he was such an amazing example for us. I thank you for the fact that, um, that he went through what he did for us. Um, such a difficult thing as we spoke on today, the stress just associated with it going into it. Um, just the, the pain and the strife that he had to be going through, the the emotional wrestling that he had to be doing inside of himself, and the fact that he stayed true to what your plan was because you love us so much. God, we are forever thankful for that. Um, so we just ask that you watch over all of us, uh, those of us in this room and those of us listening to this podcast and beyond, God. Uh, just watch over us for another week um, and just continue to do that, God. Let us continue to grow in you and to come to know who you are even more every day. We put our trust in you um, and your faithfulness, God. We thank you. And in your name, we say amen. Amen. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this podcast. I had a really good conversation recently with a couple of people that listen to our podcast. And um, it's so cool to get to do that. And, and, you know, we're in this room all the time. And we're just kind of talking to each other, and then we put it out there for the world, and we don't really think much about it. But the fact that you guys are listening to this, that you're talking to each other about about the podcast and, and about the Word of God, more importantly, yeah. um, and that you're growing in that and having conversations together, um, that's awesome, man. That makes all three of us in here feel so good that we're putting in the effort each week and that it's, it's paying off and reaching you guys out there for the kingdom. So um, just thank you guys for listening. I'll just finish up with that. Um, And we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Have a good one.
Bow my life, oh I 